Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today, man? It's going pretty good, Shay. Happy to hear that you're at least sounding better uh, this episode. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely feeling a little bit better. Uh, I got a little cough, so apologies if that makes it through at any point during the episode, folks, or you hear me disappear for a second if I uh, lose my voice. But overall, feeling a lot better. Happy to be back at it. And I was kind of reminiscing on that intro. I was kind of just thinking about it. It's been a while since I've messed it up and we've had to re-record. That's right. I kind of I might need to like throw us a bone or something to give us a laugh or something and well, toss a wrench into it. <laughs> it's interesting you bring that up because at one point we changed the intro. Yeah. And in that like change, that kind of tripped us both up a lot of times. Cause I think what did we used to say? Well, the welcome to the third party was always there, and yeah. then it was it was more the the second line that got yeah. shifted of like how we referred to the. I don't remember exactly what we said. It might have been like, "I'm your host Shay, and with me oh, is Henry or something." Got it. Okay. It was welcome to the third party podcast. Oh, an Apex Legends something. I show? think maybe we like, or did we double it? on podcast? Eh. But I remember that was it. And so pausing the podcast to get the Apex in there, I remember that was an obstacle. Yeah. yeah. But we that was did back it. when and we were in person, it. too. That was back when we were in person and we could really yeah. mess up. Well, wow. Reminiscing. But besides that, we do have a fun show planned for you today. We got a little bit of news, but honestly, not heavy on the news because we're doing a deep dive on the AMA stuff that happened last week on Saturday's episode. So if anyone's kind of looking for that in the news coming out on Saturday, uh, a lot of really cool stuff to share on that episode. Uh, But other news and a lot of questions we'll be answering today. But before we do that, if you want a question answered on our show, ask it in our Discord channel meant for questions or leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Drop a follow on Twitter for us at Kirkarudoshay and at HB Burson. We would appreciate it a ton. And I'm throwing up a new profile picture on Twitter. So if you want to check that out, be my guest. And Shay might have one. I might have one me. too. Yes, yes, so yes, yes. Some big stuff going on on Twitter. Um, in the world of Patreon, in September, I think we've gained almost 15 new patron Patreon supporters. So an epic month. And all of that is building up hype for the third-party Invitational Tournament. So they are are a few more spots available uh, for alternates, and then we are just waiting on some confirmed teams. If those teams fall through, or they need you know, a third, or they need a player or two, um, there's definitely more opportunity. So message Ahmad on Discord, hit us up on Patreon. If you want to participate, we'd love to have you. Yeah, and get in those alternate spots. We truly do have at least four to five to use each tournament normally for no-shows or people that just have last-minute obligations pop up. So there will probably be an opportunity there by your name in the hat. And uh, I'll continue to make the announcement that we're going to be trying to stream the tournament as well, which is going to be a ton of fun. So if you are never, ever 
been a patron and never seen the kind of what goes on at the third party invitational, this will be your first time to do so. So we'll we'll spend or share more information about that and the timing uh, in the coming weeks. But just we're gonna make ourselves be accountable by saying it on the pod again. Good to do that. And also just to keep the date in the back of your mind, it's gonna be October twenty first, I believe, mm-hmm. for the invitational. Mm-hmm. So we still have a couple weeks. Get excited, but it's not too late. So you still have some time. With that, though, let's dive into the news. First piece of news. So the ranked one split of the season ended today. Well, has it the day of the recording. And the next split starts now. So let's reminisce a little bit on this first split. How was Kings Canyon? I know it was a topic of discussion that we went into numerous times on this show. Even, I think, pretty much caused us to rank maps for the first time ever um but what was kind of your feeling playing it as a whole for the ranked split where do you settle versus maybe where the community was at as a whole or i I shouldn't say that let me take that back not where the community was at as a whole or the vocal potentially vocal minority Mm -hmm. portion of the community was at on social media good clarification um i can start off by saying honestly least fun i've had on king's canyon in a long time i just and i think we've said it on the show as well that they kind of just stripped a lot of the fun components out of king's canyon they made Mm -hmm. the loot a little bit worse in my opinion Um, totally no no not even your opinion look at those explosive holds they're just not as good Mm -hmm. caustic is too bad and then also making the rotations in my opinion harder and then decreasing kind of the viability of end game power positions really changed how I played so much so that I pretty much played Rampart 85% of my games to mm-hmm. Diamond and just played the diving boards or the watchtowers um every single game which <laughs> that isn't you know maybe the most enjoyable way to to play a ranked split it got pretty repetitive for me um so I I'm looking forward to a switch up. Yeah, I echo that. I echo the looking forward to a switch up. I mean, I think Kings Canyon is, it's a fun, very nostalgic map, but I think there was some issues that are continuing to run itself in ranked and those map changes were, you know, interesting and fun. Like the new POI is great, but like you kind of hinted at the rotational changes, the power position changes. I don't know. Maybe they made the map more playable for ranked. Some people might be able to say that, make that argument for it. But I think what it really just did is took some of the strong characteristics of Kings Canyon away, um, for better or for worse. So we'll see. Um, you know, no major complaints here overall. I just you know kind of said my said my piece. Like I think they're obviously trying to make the map better. That's the intention, and I think overall. Obviously, the player count of the season points towards they really kind of did improve the map and they're continuing yeah, to do so. Run that so. back. That's got to be <laughs> successful based off the numbers. Like, yeah, I think loot going down a little bit, rotations, I think, getting harder, end games getting harder, I think. And then also taking out so many charge towers, I also see as a negative. Mm-hmm. I think I'm probably, we're both probably surprised that we're not talking about Relic, you know, like, yeah it wasn't that impactful to the rank split honestly i think very early on we realized that 
if you drop relic, you're going to get pushed by the zone so hard that you're probably going to die round one. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really didn't go there much at all um, in the entire rank split. The zone changes, I think, were the biggest thing that happened this season as a whole. And uh, I'm really interested to see how they feel on other ranked maps now uh, as we get into the next split, which is, you know, we're looking at Stormpoint for split two. Notoriously, a lot of people's favorite ranked map nowadays. Um, I don't know how that happened. I yeah. do not know how that happened, but it I did. I mean, it seems like they they tried to build a map for ranked with Stormpoint. Like, you don't have the hot drop, city drop kind of thing. POIs are big. They're spaced out. There's a lot of loot options now. You know, Kings Canyon being nerfed. Strongest loot map in the game. So I think there's some signs that point towards that level of enjoyment. And I think there's people that obviously are looking forward to that. You know, the rotations just take a while sometimes. And with the zone and the lack of, you know, there's tridents on the map, but the map doesn't always flow to the way you want to use tridents. No jump towers, gravity cannons only. I'm excited to see how this thing plays. I'm looking forward to the change. I just love the PvE and, you know, loot mechanics on this map a ton. Yeah, I think it's definitely a fact that it's the the highest quality loot um, in today's age of Apex. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just shocked that it is so popular because the biggest feedback when it was released is so much walking, so boring, games end so quickly, don't like it. But now, it, it definitely mm-hmm. was picked up by the pro scene, I think, for ranked. Um, I'm excited to see how oh, it plays, um, just as you are. Um, I, I dropped in for a few games this morning uh, as we turned into the split, and I might be crazy, but I think they tweaked a lot of the terrain. Um, oh. in a few different places. Like I was at checkpoint and I was at the wall and I noticed some new trucks added. I noticed some new like gates and entryways um, to kind of fill, fill out the kind of open hillsides or, or spaces where people are often rotating. So I might be crazy, <laughs> but I think they may have done some small quality of life changes to storm point. Now that we're, we're going into the split. That would be really cool. I wish they would take credit for that if they were uh, going to do that. So we'll see. Maybe Henry's crazy. I haven't dropped in. Yeah, that's we, I can double possibility. Check yeah, we'll see. But overall, I think looking forward to the second split, looking forward to playing some ranked. I mean, keep it 100% honest. I'm playing gun run only until that is gone. Um, but once that is, I'll hop, my over, hop myself over back to ranked. So should be a blast. Any other thoughts? Any quick, like, one-off tips for storm point you want to leave people with before we kind of do a you know if we do a guide or some rank tips uh, in a few weeks um yeah maybe we will do a guide um one-off tip don't be afraid of the pve you know i think yep. lean into it whether it's spiders whether it's the um what are they called not holds vaults not armories vaults. armories yeah mm-hmm. armories Spiders, whatever it is, um, definitely take advantage of them because they are a major key to looting up right alongside the replicators. Yeah, I'll I'll double down that. There's almost never a reason to not 
go after those. I mean, unless you're worried about someone binding you and you're wanting to stay silent, because if you have full purple kitted, awesome. That just means you're setting yourself up for getting gold loot out of those. And that's what's awesome. So always worth it, in my opinion, and you can always milk it. Um, Next piece of news, Uh, a little more serious news. Let's turn the tone a little bit. Um, Respawn made an announcement last week to the community. I'm just going to read the announcement as a whole. So it says, recently we have seen increased harassment towards members of our development team. We welcome community input. However, the line between constructive feedback and the harassment of our dev team cannot be crossed. We want to remind our players that we have a zero tolerance policy for threats and the harassment of our developers. We will take appropriate action to ensure the health and safety of our team. We love hearing feedback and we'll continue to work alongside our community to foster a respectful, collaborative environment and uphold the competitive integrity of our game. <coughs> so that's the announcement. Um, honestly, I read this, saw this. I was very disappointed that this had to be said, uh, that there was members of the community where this got to. And honestly, we, we covered a little bit of it a few weeks ago on some of the developer harassment going around. but. Having to come out to this line, I think, is just pretty tough. And I'm glad I think we have a really dang cool community here listening to the podcast in our Discord. And we'll just double down on what we always say. It is, that is never appropriate. It is never appropriate to actually harass developers and to put everyone's minds at ease for people that think developers hate the game. They care about the game as much as anyone else, as much as anyone playing with it. For a lot of them, it's their life's work. A lot of them, it's their main passion. And yeah, I just don't think it's ever worked out in the devs. I was honestly, I get a little angry uh, that this has to even come out. So I'll let you say some stuff. Yeah, I think that I agree that it's very disappointing. Uh, and inappropriate that we're even at a point where this has to be said in a very public way. You know, like I, I feel yeah. bad because, you know, the Call of Duty players are seeing this and they're saying, wow, Apex, that's in shambles. You know, that community's not good. So mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed by it. Um, you know, I'll say that this has been probably a thing for longer than the immediate you know, past uh, with, yeah, definitely. with what's been going on. I think that Apex has been very fortunate to have a very transparent relationship with developers um, ever since release. And that sadly, this type of harassment has probably been going on for years and years. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of shocked that it has reached a bullying point now, but I'm glad that, you know, they were able to take a stand and make a public notice that they're standing with the developers and they're not going to stand for it and yeah. the, the result of part, like acting this way is possible bans possible mm-hmm. legal action possible you know like disqualification from competitive events so they're taking it seriously and that's kind of the the takeaway from that kind of announcement yeah i think that's a good takeaway to make and by all means disappointing that it has to come out, but I'm glad it is being said and not uh, being held quiet. Use COD as an example, and think just got to double down on that and say we are very lucky that there is transparency in the community. And Henry and I 
spend a lot of our time and our careers talking about how we can help game developers be more transparent about the game. And this is a counter argument to that, that it's a pretty negative environment uh, out there. And so it's disappointing to see. And I think as fans of the game, being constructive with feedback and not taking it to a personal level is just good for everyone involved. And yeah, we'll continue to be thankful that, you know, like our AMA wasn't canceled, you know, because stuff like this and we get to cover awesome news like that. uh, Unlike a lot of other gaming communities. Uh, Before we get into some questions though, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Let's wrap this up with a couple questions. We got some five-star questions to start with. Oh, first one's coming from Sweezy Hoff. Would it be interesting in the match summary to see how much damage you and your teammates took during the match? Thanks for the content. Keep it up. Ashmane on PlayStation. Yeah, uh, I know some games have, I think Fortnite has like heals, like how much health you yield yourself mm. um i think that could be interesting to see in a ba- uh, battle royale um definitely for the lifeline mains you know i think that would be a lot of fun yeah i love this i mean halo does it you know after each match report you get to see how much body damage was taken and stuff uh always fun to see after the match you get to see who's kind of you know you make fun of your friends for who's baiting who you also kind of get to maybe back claims up claims up sometimes of i feel like i was just getting shot so much because we've had those games and had those sessions where it's like wow it just feels like one person is just getting absolutely lit on our team maybe it's the gibraltar uh maybe not but i think it'll be fun and you could do like cool stat trackers too like damage taken as a stat yeah. tracker would be pretty hilarious to show off so yeah I'd be open tank. To it. you got to yeah. You got to put your money where your you mouth is. Got to do so. what you got to do for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a cool idea. Um, I haven't heard that kind of requested in Apex before, so I like it a lot. Next question coming from Ninja Goat, another five star review. Hey guys, I don't know if you allow uh, second questions, but if Mirage got another big buff, what do you think they should buff it in this kit? Thanks for all the news, and I really enjoyed the pod. Ninja, great question. And, and for the five stars, we do allow multiple with some limitations. You know, we have to prioritize other people and still get other content on the show, but you can review multiple times. Um, what about a Mirage buff, though? This is such an interesting one. And I think it's because we talk about what kind of meta do you want in Apex and we use Mirage, the prime example, a lot of, man, you would never want Mirage to be meta. He'd be so frustrating if it was meta. And so how do you kind of keep his uniqueness, keep his characteristics and not make him all the way at the top, but still give him some love? I always come back to the uh, passive res uh, ability that they removed of kind of the more closer to true invisibility. I still think that was, you know, it was good and it was very strong and I don't think it altered him into this unplayable territory, but it gave you a very strong reason for him to be, you know, considered a good medic. And, you know, maybe he can't do that because he's not a support character, but I think that's kind of the line of thinking I would go with for him. How about you though? Yeah, I think that if you did want to give him a, a real workover, maybe not a rework, but buffs all around. I think 
there are components of Intel that Mirage obviously is kind of like the counter Intel because he can mm-hmm. bamboozle recon legends. I think you could increase the amount of Intel he could gain, like not just the icons on screen when you do shoot um, a decoy, but possibly something on the mini map, possibly wall hacks. I don't know. Um, the other thing that even I think most players, even maybe Mirage mains, would say that the passive isn't that strong because, like you said, it's not fully invisible on the res and with the respawn. You know, that's not super valuable. I think something that I think has been floated for a while is some sort of cloaked healing um, for Mirage. And mm-hmm. I think that would be pretty substantial, um, maybe only for big heals. So maybe Med Kids, Phoenix Kids, Bats, of course. Um, I think that'd be a pretty big buff and give him a proper passive that could really affect his performance if a healing passive is good it can you know skyrocket a legend we saw it back in the day with lifeline you played her for the passive healing so that'll be that'd be a fun one to balance but i think could definitely be a really cool buff for him i like that idea and even just touching you know reviving you know gibraltar was able to increase in popularity off of the bubble buff way back when uh at newcastle had a pretty good release. So it, even though for some people, like an assault legend, having something like that might be super might might not be super intuitive. I think it could definitely help the Mirage mains out there. Agreed. Uh, next question coming from Patrick, a five star. Hello, I found your podcast about a month ago and I really enjoy the show. I've recently returned to playing Apex and I went back and listened to a lot of the old episodes. I have two questions for you guys and I'm sorry in advance if you've been asked before. Question one, do either of you know how the actual game functions in the lore? How can there be multiple of the same legend in the games at the same time? And how does dying in game coincide with lore? Question two, as a player who has recently returned and who is playing on console, should I be having crossplay off or on to improve at the game? Or does it have no effect at all? I really am enjoying the podcast. Keep up the good work. And thank you for providing so much interesting and educational content. Great questions, Patrick. Great questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, being completely honest, pretty confused ourselves <laughs> about yeah. how the lore of the games work. Um, in game lore, you know, there's not multiple versions of Mirage. Um, there's only one. Mm-hmm. So that kind of is a uh, plausible. <laughs> we don't in terms know. of a game. There's been there's been respawn depth, chambers. Yeah. There's but then there's also been like. There's 60 people competing. It's really hard to get into the games, but random people are still in the games. And yeah, it's confusing. I think we came with some good theories last time we kind of talked it through. I don't remember all of them, though, if you do. My biggest thing is I don't know. I don't know two things. I don't know how long a game takes. I don't know Mm -hmm. if like a whole season is one match or they're playing games every single day, every 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I don't know that answer. I used to think it was a season was one, you know, there was going to be one winning team per season, multi-month long game, like the Hunger Games. But Mm -hmm. I think I'm wrong now. The other thing that I kind of don't like is based off the current lore, we're going planet to planet. 
all the time. Every couple of days, we're going to Olympus, we're going mm-hmm. to Storm Point. I don't like that. I think <laughs> lore-wise, you know, the game should have a home and that they're in one location. Um, but the truth is, I don't think we know uh, exactly what's going on. Yeah, I'd love to know, though. I would love to know. It's um, changed. I think that is complex, yes, that yes. It has changed. The lore of how the Apex games work has changed over time. For question two, correct me if I'm wrong. This is my understanding of crossplay. If you're on console, if you're on console and have crossplay enabled, that you will still only play with console players unless you join into a lobby with someone like if you want to play with a friend and a friend is pc then you would go into a pc lobby and you have to have crossplay on to do that essentially that's my understanding of it you know and we're not having xbox people randomly going up against pc people but it has been a while since i know we've talked about this and kind of done the research does that sound right or am i off on that one i think you're probably right my first reaction to this question was I didn't think you had a choice to opt in or opt out anymore. Um, oh, you might be right. Yeah. But I think the default is you're going to be playing on people that are your console or console at least. Yeah. Um, I personally wouldn't worry too much about it um, in terms of like enjoying the game or improving at the game. Um, I don't think it's going to have a big effect whether or not you, you might even have the ability to go cross-plat uh, or not. Yeah, totally. Agreed. Next question coming from Sacred Agent. Five-star review. Do you play disc golf? Great question. No. Uh, I play regular golf a good amount, but no disc golf for me. I'm, I'm not a great frisbee thrower. Henry's got me beat in that category. But we do go. You used to go toss around the disc a couple times a week back in Portland when we were living together. <laughs> We used to, for sure. Um, I've never played a proper game of disc golf. Um, I think I've thrown a disc at whatever you call the the chain cage? hole cage. Yeah. I've thrown a frisbee or a disc at one of them before, but I haven't played a full uh, course before. It's something I'd like to do before I die. I think I would like to play disc golf. So yeah, I I know somebody who loves it, goes like every single weekend, um, who lives over on the East Coast. So there's a little bit of peer pressure now uh, to get out there. (laughs) That sounds like a good point. I like it. Uh, Next question coming from Asher, five star. Hey, I'm new to the pod and I've been listening to you guys whenever I can. I'm also new to Apex with very little experience at all. Though some of my skills from Titanfall 2 carry over, I recently unlocked Maggie and Vantage and have been having fun with them. I'm looking to develop a more offensive playstyle and wonder who I should get next. I usually run a marksman with an SMG or shotgun after getting used to them on Maggie. And any tips for being any tips for being confident in gunfights are welcome. Love what you are doing and thanks specifically for the Mastering the Legends episodes. Hope you guys keep helping the community. Great pods. And I think everyone would be happy if we just did Mastering the Legends only, and that was it. And we just released one episode a month, one Mastering each month. <laughs> Don't tempt me, Shay, because <laughs> we can really get into it. Um, that's a really nice review, Asher. Welcome uh, to the pod. Glad that you're enjoying it so far. Um, 
general tips for confidence in gunfights. Um, my go-to advice is maybe a little counter to what you might think in a gunfight, but it more uh, aligns with healing. Pop your bat as soon as possible. Like heal very, very quickly um, because it takes a lot of time. You know, you're out for five seconds. I think it's very important to use cover and heal really quickly in order to keep the pressure in a gunfight. Um, the other thing that I normally like to say is try your best to move as much as mm-hmm. you can and probably move towards the enemy. It makes it a lot harder um, to move side to side. And as you get close to an enemy, their aim gets worse. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my, my general advice. Yeah, I think I'll tack on to that more so just your loadout when you're running the, uh, an aggressive play style and you want to be up close with people, having something other than a marksman can be beneficial. Having that primary be an R301, a flat line, an LMG, something with a little bit more versatility to spray once you get into an up-close engagement and make room for grenades and lead with grenades and fights and use them as much as you can. They're, I think, still undervalued by a lot of people, especially people new to the game. If you want the most versatile weapon in the game, never pass up an R301. Like, it just R3, is... R3, dang. <laughs> it's just a dub every single time. You know, you, you are looking for some attachments, but if the, if the light bag is in the replicator, Ooh. every single game, you're going to be looking for that R301 because it's just that good. Um, Primary, secondary, I don't care as long as you're using it. I think that will make a big impact, uh, especially for somebody with an offensive play style. Um, definitely a good engaging weapon. Yeah, I just play Loba, so I really only have to ever run the R301. Never have yeah. to worry about anything else. And it People makes my life a that. lot easier. It makes my life yeah, a lot easier. Yeah, you play Loba so you can have the best loadout in the game. And if yeah. you know what that loadout is, your win rate goes up. That's why Loba is so good. Uh, last thing though, other legends or next legend to unlock, you know, getting some mobility in there for an offensive, uh, legend, never an issue. So go the Valkyrie route. Someone with a team mobility ultimate is always fun for offense because you get to control more than just yourself. You get to move that entire team. A la the Octane, Ash, Valk does fit into that category as well. Um, all kind of good options in there argument to be made for the fuse rampart that kind of area i'd love to argue for both of them um <laughs> i they're think just fuse, fun and unique, i love fuse you know? yeah. mm-hmm. both of them uh are i think probably a little harder uh to master um but if you're enjoying vantage uh then why not just have a free minigun you know i think that could be a good fit <laughs> yeah it makes carrying the marksman a lot easier as well Last question coming from Vibing Dude off of Discord. Hey, big fan of you guys. Have a quick question for you. Should I play on PC or console? I really like the movement that you can do on PC, and I can't aim properly on PC. But on console, I hate that everyone is just standing still, beaming each other. Wow. Throwing a little shade at the console, folks, I think. Just a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Vibing, I'll be honest with you. And I won't speak for you, Henry, but I mean, I don't think our aim dropped off mentally or anything, or we had more tr- trouble, problems aiming when we switched over to console. 
um, or switched over to PC, unless you're saying when you switch to PC, you have to play M and K. But plug that controller in and keep it rolling. You shouldn't have issues. Hopefully an increase in frame rate and easier to aim and better experience all around, in my opinion. That's the only thing that matters, I think, to you and I, that if you can increase your frames from 60 to 120 on PC, mm-hmm. there's no reason to not just plug in your controller. Um, yeah, the shade to the console players. <laughs> wow. I mean, it doesn't sound that bad to me. If everybody's standing still, then stay I'd on a console, man. There, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> do what you got to do. No, no shame in that. Um, yeah. That's going to wrap things up for us, though. Thanks so much to our producer of the Third Party 10 who supports us over on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple, drop a follow on Spotify, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Maybe tomorrow.